Hello and welcome to our podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright. My dad passed away several years ago in 2015. He was actually on his way to work. He was a doctor, a psychiatrist in particular, and he kept meeting with his patients until he could do it no more. He was 84 years old. He was a hard worker, and he kept going to work every day. He actually fell down the stairs on his way to work, and the injuries he suffered caused his death about a week later. I was able to be with him at his last moments, together with my mother and my siblings. He received all the sacraments and died with the brown scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. But what, what I want to highlight is how he was a laborious person, a hard-working person. He kept working for the well-being of his patients, and he did it to the end. No wonder that death found him basically doing what he had done most of his life, working for the mental well-being of others. He had done that most of his life. He had acquired the virtue of hard work for the well-being of his patients, and it was natural that death would find him doing what he had the habit of doing, the virtue of service for others. Now, a couple of episodes ago, episode 141, if you haven't listened to it, in that episode I spoke about what is virtue and vice, and how important it is for our holiness not only to be prayerful and to be in the state of grace, but moreover to try to be good in your being, in your inclinations, and in your acquired habits or virtues. Virtues are good acquired habits. That is, they are dispositions that we have and that we have acquired by the repetition of good acts. And these dispositions or habits in turn incline us, help us to do good works. They become like second nature to us. In my dad's case, we could say that by repeatedly doing the effort or sacrifice to go to work as a doctor every day of his life, that became like second nature to him. And he kept on doing it easily, joyfully, until his life came to an end. So virtues are good habits acquired by the repetition of good actions done over and over again. But at the same time, those virtues make it easier and easier to do good works. So they dispose us to do what is good. And this is a key element of holiness. This is why we typically don't become holy from one moment to another. It takes time to be holy. Because being holy implies being virtuous. And that requires repeating good actions over and over again. So the tough part of any virtue is that at the outset, it is hard to acquire. Precisely because you don't have it. So you have to act going against your fallen nature. But the good news about virtues is that in the end, once the virtue is acquired or as it is being acquired, it becomes easier and the virtue sort of carries you, leads you, moves you to do what is good. 
We could say that at the beginning, doing good feels like rowing against the current of a river. But once a person has grown in virtue steadily and with the grace of God, virtue feels like rowing downriver, rowing with the current of a river, so that the river actually carries you faster. So in this episode, we will look at human and in particular moral virtues, that is natural virtues related to our virtuous living that any man can have and that are mostly acquired by the repetition of actions or, and human effort. So regarding these moral virtues, the Catechism says, human virtues are firm attitudes, stable dispositions, habitual perfections of intellect and will that govern our actions, order our passions, and guide our conduct according to reason and faith. They make possible ease, self-mastery, and joy in leading a morally good life. The virtuous man is he who freely practices the good. Up to there, the Catechism. So there are many natural moral virtues, and different authors have classified them in different ways. However, Catholic tradition... um, has classified them in such a way that they can be all connected to four main virtues, four main columns under which the other virtues can be found. These four virtues are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. They might have uh, different names and different authors, but they refer to the same idea. Uh, Imagine that these these virtues are like four trees, and each tree has several branches. And each branch has its smaller branches or twigs. So in the same way, each of these four virtues has other habits connected to it, other virtues connected, in such a way that growing in one virtue helps you grow in the others that are connected. Now this is why these four virtues, or four trees if you want, are called cardinal virtues. Cardinal, in this case, comes from the Latin cardo cardinis, which means hinge or pivot. One important clarification is that because we're addressing this topic within the context of faith, we will talk about these virtues insofar as they are connected to faith, to God, and to God as a, as a final end. I say this because uh, many virtues can be considered from a purely naturalistic point of view, but even when they can be considered good habits, they are quite different when, the, when we leave out the faith as a part of their objective. So it's one thing to be prudent for business, and another thing is to be prudent from a supernatural point of view, trying to reach as a final goal our salvation. Right? So the prudent person for business will sometimes make different decisions than a prudent par- person that has faith and tries to be saved. So the first cardinal virtue is precisely prudence. Prudence uh, is a virtue connected, on the one hand, to our practical reason, inspired by faith, and on the other hand, connected to the specific actions that we have to make. This is why we can uh, define prudence as the virtue that disposes the practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and to choose the right means of achieving it. 
if you want it in simpler terms, prudence is the virtue that helps us discern correctly what are the best means to put into practice here and now in order to achieve the final goal in life. St. Thomas Aquinas, with his uh, spirit of summarizing, says that prudence is the right reason in action. In that sense, there are some general principles to understand this virtue of prudence. On the one hand, it has been said in Latin that it is like the auriga virtutum, or the charioteer of the virtues. If, the, if you want, it's like the captain of a boat, prudence, right? The captain of a boat that has to guide all the sailors, give the right orders at the right time, and keep the rowdy ones in check so that the boat, the ship, will reach its port safely. In that sense, all the other virtues, the sailors, we could say, depend on the virtue of prudence to find the right measure so as not to fall into extremes. For example, there could be an excess of the application of justice in some, in some occasions, or there could be a lack of application of justice. And prudence indicates the right measure or the proper mean between those two extremes. Finally, another way to see prudence is that it helps us apply the general principles of the moral life and of faith to the specific, concrete situation that is right in front of, right in front of us with its difficulties, with its complications, and specific circumstances. In that sense, prudence might indicate that sometimes we have to act swiftly while other times we should act carefully. And at other times, we might not have to act at all. And that is guided by the virtue of prudence. A simple example could be the following. Suppose that you are trying to help a friend to come back to the church, and specifically you want him to start attending Mass on Sunday again. So you get together for coffee with the hopes that at some point you might remind him that it is very important to go to Mass on Sunday because it is the day of the Lord, because it is very good for his soul, but also because not attending Mass on Sunday is a mortal sin. So you start your conversation and your friend tells you that his dad has just passed away and that he is devastated. In that particular case, prudence might indicate that you should listen with deep sympathy, maybe encourage him to pray and offer his sufferings at the Holy Mass, but maybe not push the case of the fact that it is a mortal sin to miss Mass on Sundays just yet. That it might be more prudent to speak about that some other day when he is in a better disposition of mind. So there you see how sometimes what you could say in theory, or you should say in theory, maybe in the specific case, you should not say. And that's thanks to the virtue of prudence. The next cardinal virtue is justice. It is a moral virtue that consists in the constant and firm will to give God and our neighbor what is due to them. Unfortunately, we think very frequently about justice toward animals and in the best of cases toward other human beings, but we rarely think about the justice we owe God 
that is, to give God his due. And that is the virtue of religion, dependent on the virtue of justice. The virtue of religion tells us that we owe God worship or adoration. We owe him thanksgiving, and we owe him obedience to his law. Also, satisfaction for sin. If we have committed sin, and we ask, we need to repent. And all these things are connected to the virtue of religion. So, insofar as justice now is directed toward our neighbor, it disposes us to respect the rights of each individual and our obligation toward them by trying to establish a harmony among human beings in light of the common good of society. In that sense, justice helps us not to be partial in our conduct toward our neighbor, moved by personal interests or selfish interests or preferences above what is just and true. A simple example of justice would be if you see your roommate trying to study for an exam in your room and you don't have the same concern because you took the, your exam already, that you refrain from blasting your music to allow him the proper silence and concentration that he deserves as a student in those conditions. Or, for example, to clean after yourself in the kitchen of your dorm room so that others don't have to use dirty, a dirty kitchen counter or dirty dishes because you didn't clean after yourself. Fortitude, another cardinal virtue, is a virtue that affects mostly the will and it helps us be firm or strong in the face of difficulty and constant in the pursuit of what is good. It has two aspects. The aspect of resisting when being attacked by some negative influence or enemy and the aspect of knowing when to positively move forward to overcome a challenge. In other words, to know when to attack to get past a serious obstacle. In this sense, fortitude strengthens the resolve, on the one hand, resolve to continue embracing what is good and resist temptations. And on the other hand, to overcome obstacles positively in the moral life. So fortitude, fortitude helps us to overcome the fear of danger, even the fear of death, and to face trials or persecutions in order to do what is good and according to the will of God. A great example of this was the fortitude of an old man, St. Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna, when he was martyred in the year 155 AD. As you know, St. Polycarp was the disciple of St. John the Evangelist. He was around 86 years old. He was threatened to be thrown, to be devoured by beasts, and then he was threatened to be burned. The Roman consul told him to renounce Jesus Christ and he would be spared. But filled with God's fortitude, he answered, I have served him, Jesus Christ, for 86 years and he has never done me any evil. How then can I now blaspheme my king and my savior? And here's an example that can serve you as a college student. Imagine that you're in the volleyball team in your college and there's a tournament on a Sunday. Your coach expects everyone to be at a certain time ready in the locker room and it would take courage and fortitude 
aside from prudence, of course, to go ahead of time to the coach and explain that as a Catholic, you want to attend Sunday Mass at some point, and you hope the coach will make it possible for you to do so. Now, you don't know what your coach's reaction could be. He might be angered, he might be disappointed, or he might be happy that you asked. In either case, the right thing is to take courage, be strong, and bring up the subject to the coach, and be a witness to your faith in Jesus Christ. Temperance is the last of the cardinal virtues. It helps us moderate our attraction to sensual pleasures, and helps us be balanced in the use of created goods. It helps us be masters of our own emotions, our instincts, and our desire for the pleasure of the senses. In this sense, some of the virtues connected to temperance are moderation in food and drink, in which case it could be also called sobriety, and also purity and chastity insofar as temperance moderates the desire for sexual pleasure. Modesty is also related to temperance insofar as it is a kind of uh, protection for the virtue of purity. And finally, meekness and forgiveness are also connected in the sense that they control our anger and our inordinate desire for revenge. A simple example of temperance would be if you go to a party with your friends in college and they offer you alcohol to drink, supposing that you're over 21, and you accept one or two beers, but then stop drinking to avoid losing the proper control over your senses and your rationality. Or another example could be, suppose that you have a girlfriend or boyfriend and you want to give him or her a kiss and a hug as a goodbye and a manifestation of affection. And you do, but you still avoid becoming too physical or passionate and giving so into lustful desires. So there's a quick rundown of some of the main virtues that you may want to start practicing little by little so as to make them your M.O. or your modus operandi. And you want these virtues to be as a second nature to you so that eventually, without having to make too much of an effort, you will still live and act virtuously, glorify God with your life, and become a good leader for many other people. So thank you very much for staying to the end of this episode. That is a way of practicing the virtue of perseverance, which has to do with the virtue of fortitude. Good for you. I hope you can share this episode with your friends. And if you can, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.